0: Jake here. Thank you for taking a trip to the past with me. The original podcast version of The Americans will be released weekly, but if you don't want to wait, then go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. You'll receive access to all of The Americans as well as early release novels, audiobooks, and other exclusive extras. That's jakebible.substack.com. Now enjoy the original podcast production of The Americans. Cheers. Warning. This podcast reading is for mature audiences only. You will not be warned again. Welcome to the podcast reading of Jake Bibles' The Americans, book two in the Dead Mech Apex Trilogy. The Americans is a sidequel to Dead Mech, meaning it takes place simultaneously with book one. You can listen to this novel first or start with Dead Mech. Go to jakebible.com for more information on this podcast, Dead Mech, and other fiction by Jake Bible. Enjoy. All righty. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the Americans. Yeah. Um...
1: Trying to think, I think that's that's pretty much the intro. Because um, I guess what I need to really get it right into is "bum bum bum" contest
0: of a lifetime.
1: That's right, folks. I have finally gotten all the names together. Everyone's gotten their stuff into me, and I did that you know highly scientific thing of um, drawing out of a hat. Because it is always proven to work when drawing names. So I'm going to announce the contest
0: of a lifetime winner, and if you don't know what that contest is, this person
1: purchased either a print copy of um, Dead Mech in its original, highly expensive incarnation on Amazon, or they um, purchased the Kindle version on March 1st when I was doing the Kindle Rush. So those were the, the parameters for entry. And what do they win? Well signed personalized copy of every single novel I put out for the rest of my life, or the rest of their life. It's a little morbid kind of contest when you think about it. Someone has to die for it to end, but it will be glorious until then. So without further ado, and no real fanfare, unless I want to go
0: Brian James, you are the winner of the contest
1: of a lifetime. Woohoo! All right, Brian, you'll be getting an email from me. I'll get all your address info, and I'll be sending you a signed copy of DeadMech. And a signed copy of Bethany and the Zombie Jesus, my novelette and short story collection. Um, And then pretty much from here on out, you'll get a signed personalized copy of every single novel I print. I'll personally send it to you. There are other winners. There are five winners of a print copy of Dead Mech. And then um, I will email them, and there's going to be 10 winners of the PDF copy of Dead Mac. I will email them. I don't want to list everybody's names right now just because that's going to be too long. And pretty much other than that, that's what's going on. If you want your own signed copy of Dead Mac or Bethany and the Zombie Jesus, go to jakebible.com because They are available there. I will sign them and
0: ship them to you. Now, I'm not doing personalizations just because that just takes
1: way too long and that ship has sailed. But um, I will sign my little Hancock. Well, not Hancock. I guess I'm Jake Bible. I'll sign my Jake Bible on there and send it right to you. And that'll be cool because, well, it'll have my name signed. And that's cool, right? 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 All right. All right. Um, enough of my rambly dambly do. Uh, no promos this week. It's just been one of those weekends, so I haven't had a chance to put it on there. And there'll be more promos next week. Um, podcasters, hey, if you have a promo you want me to play, send me an email. All my contact information is at jakebible.com. Um, just let me know, or DM me on Twitter. You know, either way, I'm happy to play promos. Just, you know, give me a heads up and get me a link, Preferably get me the promo, and um yeah, that's about it. All right. Hope you guys like this episode. Cheers, y'all. Chapter twelve. Turn the fuck around, Billy Melissa shouted as she stripped the soiled and torn clothes from her body. Jesus, Mel, calm down, Billy said, turning his back on the three women as they changed. I used to change your fucking diapers, for fuck's sake. "'Well, you never changed Beth, so keep those eyes averted, perv,' Heather laughed, seeing Melissa's glare. "'Calm down, Mel.' Heather winced as she removed her gore-stained clothes. Her body felt used up, a feeling she hadn't had since her first year of intensive ghost training. She knew she couldn't push it as hard as she had been for much longer. She hoped Alexander would pull through for them all and get them to Tibet with as little resistance as possible. A gasp from Melissa quickly yanked her from those thoughts. Jesus, freak! Are those jack points? Melissa exclaimed. Heather looked at Beth as she tried to quickly cover her nakedness. Beth, let me see those. Beth reluctantly let Heather inspect her in the two-centimeter diameter holes strategically placed in her chest, abdomen, and pelvis. What's going on? Billy asked, annoyed. What am I missing? These aren't jack points, Heather said, reaching a finger towards one of the holes. May I? Beth nodded, her face and body flushed with embarrassment. Do they hurt? Heather asked, probing one of the holes carefully with her finger. No, Beth answered quietly. Well, there's no BC present, Heather stated. Have you always had these? Always had those? Aren't you born with jack points? Isn't that the point of in vitro manipulation? Melissa asked, leaning in close. Beth frowned and Heather pushed Mel quickly away. Like I just said, Mel, these aren't jack points. Heather stood up and tried to get Beth to look her in the eyes. Beth, I need you to be straight with me. How long have you had these? I don't know, Beth answered, quickly pulling on a pair of panties and an undershirt. As long as I can remember. Those words caught Heather's attention, and missing pieces, parts of the Beth puzzle, slid into place. And how far back can you remember? Beth didn't answer. Heather turned to Melissa. How long have you known each other? Heather asked her niece. Since the start of school, Melissa said. She's a transfer, new this year. Heather took a deep breath. Beth, answer me. How far back can you remember? Beth, a pained look on her face as her chest hitched with held-in sobs, answered very quietly. Just before school started, when I moved in with my foster family, "'They said there was an accident.' "'Who said that, Beth?' "'I don't know. The social workers that dropped me off,' Beth answered. "'They brought me to the Leicasters, gave me a duffel of clothes and left. "'I haven't talked to them since.' "'No follow-up meetings? No inquiries?' Heather asked, alarmed. "'They just dumped you?' "'Yeah,' Beth responded, zipping the new jeans Sasha had brought. "'Can I turn around now?' Billy asked impatiently. "'No!' "'Heather and Mel shouted. "'Hello, Alex. "'I expected you to call much sooner,' the Empress said, "'staring at her brother's image on the holocom. "'Too busy partying to notice the world has gone to shit.' "'The image of Prince Alexander glared. "'I don't need your bullshit, Nat. "'I've been working.' "'He held up a hand. "'Keep your comments to yourself. "'Just answer me one thing.' "'I'm the Empress of Russian Empire, brother.' I don't have to answer anything. Alexander ignored the statement. How much of this was you? Natalia pursed her lips, a frown of disapproval wrinkling her brow. Not really a question to be answered over the calm. Why don't you come home for a bit? I hear you have a new project. I'd love to see the results. Alexander kept himself composed, but Natalia could tell that had taken him off guard. I'm busy at the moment, Alexander answered flatly too busy for family. The image of the Empress on Alexander's side was quickly replaced with the image of a severely beaten and abused Vasily Tartarov. Alexander struggled for control of his motions as he stared at his tortured twin. I hate you, Nat. You know that, right? As I you, the Empress responded happily, her image returning. Now come home, Alex. Your family needs you. The transmission was cut, and Prince Alexander Tartarov took two deep breaths to compose himself before leaving his room. Eddie Stiles busied himself at the bar by watching two barely-clad women out on the dance floor grind and thrust against each other. He gulped his beer and slammed the empty pike clasp down, his eyes never leaving the strobe-lit women. "'Another, sir?' the bartender shouted behind him, snatching up the empty. "'No, he's leaving!' Alexander hollered over the music. The bartender nodded and quickly walked away to attend to other customers. Get your gear. I mean your real gear. We're going to St. Petersburg. Trouble? The VIPs weren't impressed? Styles asked, standing and stretching, but his eyes still glued the ladies. I thought you had that deal locked, even with all the crazy shit. I sent them home, Alex said. Now's not the time for business. That got Stiles' attention. Not the time for business. Who the fuck are you and what have you done with Al? Voss is in trouble and I need to get home now, Alex said, taking Styles by the arm and pulling him away from the bar. Whoa, whoa, Eddie said, pulling his arm free. The only way your brother can be in trouble is if your sister put him in trouble. Styles put his hands out, almost warding Alexander off. I didn't sign up for no regicidal bullshit. If you're having family issues, then you need to fix them yourself. "'I'll quadruple your pay,' Alex growled, looking about the club impatiently. "'But we have to go now.' Ten times,' Stiles replied, a stubborn smile spreading across his face. "'Fuck you,' Alex responded immediately. "'Fine.' "'Fine?' Eddie asked, stunned as the prince grabbed him once again "'and yanked him towards the private lift at the far end of the bar. "'You're giving up that easy? "'That means this is even worse than I imagined. "'I should have asked for more.' Yes, you should have, but you didn't. Now get your ass upstairs, get geared up, prep the BTT, and let's get going. You what? Heather and Billy shouted in unison. I need you to leave, Sasha stated plainly, gesturing to the four large backpacks on the floor. I have made sure you have provisions, supplies, clothes. Geltz here will drive you to a safe drop point, but after that you are on your own. Sasha motioned, and one of the six-muscled bodyguards stepped forward and nodded. Heather stared in astonishment, rage rising in her throat. "'You can't be serious, Sasha. I know there's history here, but you can't just dump us. The entire LOM is trying to kill us. They're wiping out all Americans.' "'Which is why you need to leave.' "'Sasha answered, his composure starting to break. "'The prince cannot be associated with fugitives. "'He'll be seen as an enemy of the L.O.M. "'He has been working very hard on something, "'and your being here could destroy that work, "'if not get us all killed.' "'Well, can't say I'm too surprised,' "'Billy scoffed, lifting one of the packs "'and securing it to his back. "'Always knew you were a snake, Sasha. "'Never did trust you. "'I'm hurt.' "'Sasha responded sarcastically. "'I've always prided myself on having the trust of all the junkies in the world.' "'Heather glared, violence twitching in her muscles. "'You're better than this.' "'I know,' Sasha said quietly, emotion finally showing. "'But the prince isn't.' "'Well, there's loyalty for you,' Alexander announced, shoving past the bodyguards. "'Never mind. Change of plans.' "'He pointed to the remaining backpacks.' "'You, muscle boys, get those in your own packs to the roof. We're all going on a trip.' Sasha raised his eyebrows. "'Anything you would care to share, Your Highness?' "'No,' Alexander stated. "'You are staying here, Sasha. I need you to keep things working and to run interference in case anyone comes snooping around.' "'And your destination, Prince?' Sasha asked as soon as the bodyguards were out of earshot. "'Home,' Alex responded, looking at Heather and Billy. Voss is in trouble. You may hate me, but Voss has never hurt a soul. Voss? How can Voss be? Billy trailed off, realization dawning. What did that bitch do now? I'll let you all know when we are loaded up and gone, Alex said. We need to get to the roof now. What's on the roof? Melissa asked, pushing Beth in front of her. The reason we're here, Heather said. Welcome aboard the fabulous BTT, folks, Stiles said, standing in the open door to the cockpit as everyone filed into the cabin. Tonight's meal will be jack shit, followed by an appetizing dessert of we're all fucked. The in-flight hollow will be how much more buggered can we get? Enjoy. The fuck is he talking about? Billy asked, glancing sideways at Stiles. "'Mr. Styles is a bit of an aviation buff,' Alexander replied, rolling his eyes at Stiles. "'He thinks he's funny by bringing up ancient pop history.' Melissa looked about the luxurious cabin. "'Where's the massage room and spa?' "'That'll be part of the next model,' Alexander said. "'If there is a next model.' Heather reached out, hesitated, then squeezed Alex's shoulder. "'I can't believe you actually did it. All those ideas in your head finally came together.' I knew you'd have something put together by now. Otherwise, Billy and I wouldn't have come here. But I wasn't expecting this. I'd love to see the schematics, Billy said, plopping down and leaning the seat back. Who knows? I might be able to suggest some improvements. You aren't seeing shit, vehicle boy, Alex laughed. That's all I need is your messed up head tinkering with my masterpiece. Three of the six bodyguards filed into the cabin, having finished stowing the gear below, and moved quickly to the very back of the cabin. One of them hit a button and a BC wall instantly solidified, separating them from the rest of the group. "'We'll be right here if you need us, your highness,' Gelts called over the comm. "'Thank you, Gelts, Alex responded. "'I think I'll be fine. Just be ready when we land. I doubt we'll be welcomed with open arms or hugs and kisses.' "'Strap in for liftoff!' Styles's voice sounded over the cabin comm. "'There's probably going to be turbulence at some point.' Can't set off a dozen or so nuclear devices without kicking up a little atmospheric chaos. Try not to throw up everywhere. Throw up? Melissa asked. Why would we throw up? Wh- what does this thing do? In answer, there was a lurch and a pressing force as the BTT quickly ascended from the roof and shot out over the Netherlands, leaving Amsterdam far behind. Melissa gripped the arms of her seat until her knuckles popped and went bone white. Fuck! Billy shouted. I didn't get any scabs. I'm going to be a fucking mess by the time we hit St. Pete. Not to worry, William, Alex almost snarled. There is a full bar. Any cocktail you could need. And I do mean any. Chapter Thirteen Charlie sat in the cab of the lorry for a few minutes, watching the small farmhouse closely, before finally opening the door and stepping onto the damp earth. He did a quick system check of his shock suit, activated weapons, and walked carefully to the front porch, eyes and ears hunting for anything out of the ordinary. "'Even with all that tech, I still have you beat,' a woman's voice said from just behind and to the side of him, followed by the distinct sound of a shell being pumped into the chamber of a shotgun. "'How'd they ever let you be a trooper?' Charlie relaxed, turning to see Nancy Wilkes, grinning at him. "'Too bad you aren't American,' Charlie smiled. "'You'd be running things by now.' His smile fell away as the realization that there weren't any things anymore hit him. Nancy, seeing the look on Charlie's face, set the shotgun aside against a nearby tree and crossed to him quickly. Her hands came up to caress his face, and she kissed him deeply. "'I'm so sorry, Charles,' she said sweetly. "'Your dad was a great man.' "'Still is,' Charlie replied. "'What?' Nancy took a step back, then glanced around the area. "'What do you mean?' Charlie pointed to the lorry. "'He's in there. Or at least I think he is. "'I need your father's forklift.' "'Forklift? What for?' "'For a big hunk of metal. "'My dad's trapped inside, and I need to get him out. "'Plus, I need to get rid of this LOM lorry. "'I'm sure it's being looked for. "'I yanked the tracking system, but,' he pointed to the sky, "'they're always watching.' Nancy sighed. Daw isn't going to be too happy about this. He doesn't like me anyway, Charlie smirked. This'll just be one more thing on his list of why Charlie the Jack should stay away from his daughter. Nancy pulled Charlie by the arm towards the farmhouse, grabbing up the shotgun on the way. Come on, let's get that thing out of here and then get you fed and cleaned up. Sounds wonderful, Charlie sighed. It's been a shit day. Please remain still, Mr. Stone, Miss Isley's voice echoed in Stone's head. Wiggling around will just prolong your discomfort. Mr. Stone tried to open his mouth to speak, but found it secured shut. He also noticed that his eyes wouldn't open, nor could he really hear anything beyond what was coming through the calm. You are being held in a stasis tank while we run a few diagnostics, Miss Isley explained. Your body is enveloped in a gel to keep you from harming yourself while the process completes. Some of the tests can be, well... A bit stressful. Mr. Stone felt intense pain shoot up both of his legs, and he tried to call out, but had to choke on the words. I'm telling you all this for your own good, Mr. Stone. Just relax, and it will be all over soon. Stone? Can you hear me? guyne's voice chimed in. Listen to Miss Isley, Stone. She knows what she's talking about. Things are going to be very different for you after tonight. Hopefully for the better. There was silence for a moment. Sorry about Reginald, but tough choices had to be made. Not to worry, though, he isn't completely lost. Stone thought about Reginald laying dead upon the pub floor, blood pooling about him. He wished he could feel remorse, but there was nothing but hollowness. Screams and shouts could be heard from the nightclub's main room. Sasha stood up from the console where he was busy deleting as much of the Prince's personal data as he could. A security guard rushed into the office. "'The LOMSD are here!' the guard shouted. "'Really? I couldn't have guessed!' Sasha snapped. "'Send the commander in.' Within seconds a tall man, surprisingly not outfitted in a shock suit, stomped into the office. "'Sasha Vernikova." "'Yes, I'm Sasha Vernikova," the steward answered, stepping around the desk to face the commander. "'What is the meaning of this?' "'You, sir, have been accused of violating LOM laws regarding air travel.' The commander recited from rote. You were convicted in an LOM court of law and sentenced to death. I was what? Sasha gasped as the commander quickly produced a large pistol and placed it to Sasha's forehead. The commander pulled the trigger and watched Sasha's body collapse to the floor. Sentence has been carried out, the commander announced to the empty office. He turned on his heel and stormed into the main room. Burn it down! Is he on his way? Mr. Brown-Eyes asked the hollow image of Natalia Tartaroff. "'Of course he is,' the Empress answered, annoyed. "'He can never resist coming to his brother's aid. "'It's always been the weakness in his otherwise flawlessly callous character.' "'He is the key to the next phase of the operation,' Mr. Continental reminded her. "'Without him or his tech, to be precise, "'the rest of what has been planned will be extremely difficult.' that means we need him in one piece when we get there my lady mr plain said what you think i would harm my own the emperor smiled point taken gentlemen he'll be unharmed and prepped for your arrival i'm sure he is bringing security with him mr continental said will they be a problem only one natalia responded the others have been paid well enough that the second they land on the grounds, Alex will be apprehended and subdued. "'What do you know about the pilot?' Mr. Browneyes asked. "'Is he an ex-ghost?' "'I have no idea,' the Empress sneered. "'I'm just here to bring in my brother. You'll have to do your own research on the pilot.' "'That has proven to be difficult,' Mr. Plain grumbled. "'We know he is an American, but can find no record of him anywhere.' Picture of Edgar Styles replaced the Empress's image. Do you know him? Can't say that I do, Natalia responded, but I like the hat. Yes, well, it's the only consistent part about the man, Mr. Brown Eyes said. Please inform us the moment your brother arrives. Mr. Plain cut the connection and the three men stared at the empty space. You don't think Miss Walton could be on the aircraft with the prince, do you? Mr. Continental said finally. They do have a history. A very volatile history, Mr. Brown Eyes replied. True, but these are volatile times, Mr. Plain stated quickly. If she is on the aircraft, then it could go very well for us. Or oh, very bad, Mr. Continental finished. So Al and I walk in, both dripping wet. Billy laughed, sipping at his third triple martini, and it's not like it's water or anything. This is blood, fresh fucking blood, and we are covered. You're fucking up the story as usual, William, Alexander interrupted, leaning forward, fixing Beth with his eyes. You have to understand that we had been in the field for sixteen days without a single decent meal, except for the boar. "'Billy added. "'Oh, I forgot about the boar,' Alex shouted. "'Anyway, we haven't had a true meal in weeks, "'and we had been hiding in the rendering truck "'as it was making its usual awful pickups. "'Well, we convinced the cafe owner to serve us in the alley, "'even though he wanted us gone right away,' Billy said. "'Credits talk,' Alexander added. "'Well, the food is handed to us, "'and we both just stare at the plates, not eating. "'Even though we hadn't had real food in forever.' Because we were already full, and neither of us wanted to admit it to the other. So we finally crammed the food down our throats, ending up stuffed to the gills. Within two minutes, we were vomiting up goat cheese and bits of baguette, all in pools of blood and shredded guts. Beth's eyes grew huge, while Melissa just rolled hers and went back to scanning her tablet for an entertaining hollow. We look at each other, completely embarrassed, Alexander began then burst out laughing, realizing we had each been sneaking chunks of raw guts and blood from the rendering vats. We were that hungry, Billy finished. The two men burst into hysterics, vodka sloshing from Billy's glass. Why'd we stop being friends, Billy asked, tears streaming down his face. Because you became a junkie, got my parents killed, and tried to pin it on the prince, Melissa snarled, not looking up from the tablet. The cabin became very quiet. Billy squirmed in a seat, downed his drink, then got up to fix another. Alex tried to make eye contact with Melissa, but she refused to look up. Beth smiled weakly and looked down at her hands, then over at Heather, fast asleep in her seat. "'Shouldn't we wake her?' Beth asked. "'Didn't Mr. Stiles announce we were close?' "'Yes, we are well inside Russia by now,' Alexander agreed, getting up and crossing the aisle to Heather. He gently shook her shoulder. When she didn't wake, he shook her again.' Before he knew it, he was slammed to the floor, and Heather was straddling his chest, knife to his throat. Please, darling, let's leave the sex play to the bedroom, shall we? He said casually, pushing the knife away from his throat. Didn't mean to startle you. Who said you did? Heather yawned. Maybe that's just what your touch does to women. Oh, I think you know better than that, Alex grinned, as Heather pulled him to his feet. They looked at each other for a moment before Heather turned to the girls. "'Let's check those packs and see if there isn't something to make us a little more presentable,' Heather said. "'You're about to meet the Empress of Russia.' "'And she'll probably kill you all,' Alex said. "'So I don't think evening attire is warranted.' "'Evening attire,' Heather laughed, lifting a hatch that led to the hold below. "'You misunderstand, Alex. I'm going to make sure we are dressed to kill.' "'Literally,' she ducked below. "'In that case, try to make it something in black leather,' the prince shouted after her. He winked at Beth as he made his way to the cockpit. I'm a sucker for a leather-clad assassin. Styles didn't need to turn around to know that it was the prince entering the cabin, since they were the only two people in the world whose biometric signatures could open the cockpit door. How's the party going back there? Stiles asked, checking his meager instrument console. He didn't really need much, since all control systems were jacked directly into the large port in the top of his skull, a two-decimeter BC cable snaking down his back to the floor and into the console. The port was a detail Stiles kept hidden with his cowboy hat affectation. Everyone having a good time? Lovely, Alex frowned. How close are we? Landing in minutes, Stiles said. If your sister has a clear landing pad built... "'Oh, she'll have it built,' Alexander scoffed, patting the wall of the aircraft. "'It's this baby she wants.' "'She know I'm the only one that can fly it?' Stiles asked, glancing over his shoulder at Alex. "'Not yet she doesn't,' Alexander said, watching the night sky and the lights of St. Petersburg grow closer below. "'You want to tell her, just in case she's bullet-happy when we land? "'I'd like to be one of those left standing.' "'You don't know my sister.' Alex gave a hollow laugh. If you're in her crosshairs, you're dead. doesn't matter how valuable you are. Stiles watched Alexander for a moment. Jesus, Christmas must have been a blast when she didn't get what she wanted. What are you talking about? She always got what she wanted. I was kidding! "'Alex said as he stood next to Heather. "'I didn't really think there was a leather outfit in that gear.' "'Yes, well,' Heather frowned. "'Apparently that is all Sasha packed for me.' "'She looked sideways at the prince, her eyes narrowing to slits. "'And I'm sure you had nothing to do with it.' "'Alexander laughed. "'Honestly, I didn't. "'It's just Sasha's way of telling me that there may be other women out there, "'but there is only one Heather Walton.' "'Don't you mean Heather Tartaroff?' Heather joked.' "'We never did get that taken care of.' "'Yes, um, well,' Alex stuttered, "'you may want to keep that to yourself. "'I told my sister we did get it taken care of. "'You'll have an even bigger target on your back "'if she thinks you have a claim to any of Russia through me.' "'There was a slight bump as the BTT settled on the landing pad, "'and Heather fell against Alexander. "'Please, darling, that doesn't help anything.' "'Shut up!' Heather growled, punching the prince in the chest as the cabin door opened and a small ladder descended to the ground. Tell your sister she doesn't have to worry about me. She hooked a thumb behind her. Or them. We just want to go our separate way. She can have Russia and kill you, for all I care. My hero, Alex said in a falsetto. Suck it, Al, Heather said as she climbed down the ladder, every sense in her body humming, waiting and ready for the attack. Empress Natalia sat in her armored skiff, watching the group step onto the landing zone. "'Looks like it's a bigger reunion than I could have hoped for,' she snarled. "'The Americans will be a problem.' "'Shall we execute them?' her chief of security, Mr. Zaverev, asked. "'No, not yet,' she answered, her eyes fixed on Heather. "'In fact, I believe Miss Walton may have something of interest on her person.' Show them all to the guest wing, make them comfortable, and lock them down. I want all personal belongings brought to the shop. Understand? Of course, your majesty, Zaveriff nodded, getting from the skiff and offering his hand to the Empress. Natalia took it and adjusted herself appropriately as she watched the group approach her. (laughs) Beth watched as Gelt stepped away from their group and met Zaveriff halfway between the aircraft and the Empress's skiff. What are they doing? she asked Melissa. Not a fucking clue, Melissa said. What do I look like, the bodyguard etiquette expert? They're getting ground rules established, Heather responded. So if someone gets startled by a sneeze, nobody pulls their pistol and starts firing. Geltz and Zverev shook hands quickly while Geltz looked back and nodded to the prince. Zverev crossed to the skiff, opening the door for the empress. Showtime... Alex whispered to no one, his face instantly alight with a wide, fake smile. Sister, he called, his arms as wide as his smile. Brother, the empress responded with just as much insincerity. So glad you could come. I wouldn't have missed it for the world, the prince shouted. The chance to see the homeland and your smiling face? How could I pass that up? They embraced stiffly, each pecking the other on the cheek lightly. We're dead, aren't we? Billy leaned in and whispered to Heather. Probably. Heather sighed.
0: You've been listening to the podcast reading of Jake Bible's The Americans. This novel and recording are protected under whatever latest, greatest Creative Commons license is out there currently. Share this all you want. Just don't even try to make a buck off it without the express permission of the author, me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please go to jakebible.com. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the re-release of the original podcast production of The Americans. Don't want to wait each week for a new episode? Go to jakebible.substack.com and become a paid subscriber. Want more audiobooks? Go to jakebible.com for info and access to dozens of Jake Bible Fiction audiobooks and e-books. Cheers!